Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day, police, injustice. It's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. So as we go into our next skill, we're talking about sticking to your values. So as we stick to our values, we're sticking to what we believe in. That is our values. Our values are things that are important to us. And our morals are our rules that we live by. So we want to stick to what is important to us. So we, that means that we don't want to bend and we don't want to overdo something that makes us feel uncomfortable. So as we're setting boundaries, say for instance, as we grow, you know, we go to college, we meet different people from different cultures and backgrounds. But if we don't have that foundation of what's important to us and our rules that we live by, then we may do some things that we are uncomfortable with. So sticking to our values, when we say that, we're really saying, hey, I need to understand my own goals, dreams, objectives, and have, quote unquote, a life mission and move my life experiences towards the things that I want to do for me. Yes. But being fair to other people in the process. Yes, absolutely. Makes sense that that is so important that we understand that. Because we can be fair to ourselves and be fair to other people who understood that, then life would be so much easier. But, it would. But we, oftentimes we don't get that. Mm-hmm. I, I can be fair to myself. I can be fair to other people. I can live in my own values. You know, oftentimes in therapy, I will say when you make a decision, consider your own values, how your actions will harm or help you, how your actions will harm or help other people. Mm-hmm. And if you can come to terms with that, then you're probably on a good path. Yes, absolutely. That's a good way to view it. Yeah, so now right. we can move on to... All right, our T. Our T stands for staying truthful. As we're looking at staying truthful, we're being true to ourselves as well as other people. So when we have our own values, we also give ourselves that permission to be honest and to feel okay with the honesty. So that means we're not lying. We're not telling people things that just make them feel okay or safe, but just being true to you know, very, being very intentional about our goals and our path that we're going along. But we don't want to lie or be dishonest to get to that point. And we don't want to be dishonest about what we like. Say, for instance, we're like, hey, let's go get something to eat. And we're like, okay, well, Gerald, do you like pizza? Mm-hmm. But if you don't like pizza, then, you know, you don't want to say yes. 
Exactly. Yes, you do like pizza, but because if everyone's going with the majority, you don't want to just say like you like something or willing to do something because everyone else is doing it. Exactly. So you want to stick to that honesty part. That's all like being peer pressure. Like like you say with our kids. Socially, it yeah. could be. Like, yeah. Peer pressure, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this because, oh, I don't want to tell people now. I don't want to be the bummer. Like, so I'm going to just go along with the crowd and engage. But that's not really who I am. But I'm going to do it because I don't want people look at me and think I'm not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, I, th- I think it's important to be honest and be true to who you are. Yes, and not acting helpless, not exaggerating or making up excuses. And that really comes from middle school into high school. <laughs> Things like that are formed. In exactly. elementary, we're just going with the flow. Everything's fun. But then in middle school, it kind of starts to form into being accepted, exaggerating who you are. Our self-esteem is really at it either as high or low but it's being developed and created mm-hmm. and until adulthood we, we tend to like stick with those same things for a minute exactly exactly and we have to learn that it ain't all about yep. that and for many people we don't really grasp that if we do grasp it until we get in our late 30s and late 30s that's exactly when we start realizing like oh wait a minute i don't gotta do this no more yeah i don't have to do this anymore i don't have to be liked it starts in our 30s but have you ever seen our grandparents and great-grandparents they get in their 80s and they just like i don't care exactly i'm gonna say whatever i want to say who i want to say it to and i don't care and if we get to that point a little bit sooner in life we exactly. will have a more fulfilled and authentic life. It, exactly. And I, and I think that the, the short-sightedness of the human experience, oftentimes we look at things based on our own experience. Mm-hmm. So we don't actually take enough time to understand what I call the intergenerational experience yes. to, re- to take on that information from maybe our grandparents or our great-grandparents to understand a lot of things that we thinking right now are important won't be important down the road. Right. Because oftentimes we minimize their experiences as being unrelatable because they're from a different time. But we fail, really fail, to understand that human nature, for the most part, has gone unchanged mm-hmm. for thousands of years. Yes. That's why we can read old books. Yeah. And we can hear about, we can hear stories and relate to those stories because the things that people wanted, people wanted to be liked. People wanted to be part of things. They mm-hmm. wanted to be healthy. They wanted to be safe. They always wanted these things. It may have been defined a little differently, but they always wanted these things. I got to go back to human instincts on this. I remember talking about the idea of being liked and being social. And I said, when people lived in clans, they wanted to be liked because if they were liked in clans, that meant they were safe. Yes. But likewise, we look at we look at the world now, people on social media and they're looking for likes and they're validated by it on some level. Mm-hmm. So and, and many times we we'll create these false narratives just to get likes. Yes. So it's in us, but we have to learn how to control it so we mm-hmm. can be honest with ourselves. Yes, absolutely. So not exaggerating, not seeking validation from others, exactly. but validating ourselves. Yes, validating ourselves. But right. so there's this question that you have. What's what's the question? I know you want to ask everybody. Come on, I'm listening. I want to hear it. What's the question? <laughs> what's the question? What is the lie you often tell yourself? 
What is it that you wake up every day and you tell yourself just so you don't have to deal with addressing your bad boundaries or your lack of boundaries? So, you know, do you tell yourself, no, it's not that bad. I have clients come in and unfortunately they're dealing with relationships issues. And I know that Gerald is our marriage and family therapist over here. He does the couple counseling. I'm more of individual because of these dynamics. But we're looking at people who are dealing with relationship conflicts. And you know, like your boyfriend or your girlfriend continues to cheat on you. You're dealing with infidelity. They're having babies outside of your relationship. And we tell ourselves, it's not that bad. I'm waiting for him to change. Things are going to get better. I hope the baby isn't his. Oh, it's his. Well, I still love him. What is it that keeps us in these cycles? And yes, I use the example as relationships, but there's other things in life that keep us stuck. It may be waking up every day and going to this job that you cannot stand. What is that lie that you tell yourself every day that keeps you in this pattern? Exactly. So sometimes I, I like to refer to that as we come up with these motivated rationalizations, see concept when we convince ourselves something of a, an emotional, emotional nature that we want, mm -hmm. we come up with these ir irrational, logical explanations to keep doing something that's actually hurting us. Yes. It's like, and we have to be honest with ourselves and realize, no, you're just coming up, you're just lying to yourself. You're just coming up with mm -hmm. some excuse to make something that's not working for you work. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes these things are a part of our, you know, we came up in a family system where it was generations of this stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and so we think it's functional because this is how my daddy did it. This is how my mother did yeah. it. This is how my, but, the, but then one day something happens to help us realize this is not how we need to do it. But we still lie to ourselves. We still try to say this is okay. Yeah. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Really mm -hmm. honest with ourselves goes back to the understanding that we need to self-evaluate. Yes. Absolutely. We need to self-evaluate and be honest with ourselves. Because if you can't be honest with yourself, don't expect anyone else to be honest with you, and you can't be honest with others. Yeah. To know the truth will set you free. I don't know if it will literally set you free, but it will empower you, mm -hmm. give you options yeah. to do differently. Yes. And that is a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. So with that being said, what, what are some things you think, you know, people could take away from this discussion. All right, take away that to maintain healthy self-care and boundaries that requires us to be fair to ourselves as well as others. Being honest with yourself about who and what you have control over. What you can do, what you can't do, what you control, what you don't control. We have control over ourselves. We only can control who we are and how we react to everything around us. I cannot control what happens out there, but I can control how it affects me personally. I love it. I love it. I yes. Love it. So yeah. be true to your values, your goals, and just be at peace with whatever decision that you make. And obviously, we are mental health professionals, clinical counselors. If you need assistance, if you need support, do not feel afraid to seek mental health therapy. We can help you along the journey because we know that this is skillful. We're talking about it, but it's different when you're actually walking it and you're actually doing it and applying a skill. Exactly. What would you say to someone who is 
who's on the fence about coming to counseling, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would tell the person that therapy is something you have a therapist you'll have somebody to just help you along the way you'll have someone to just hold your hand sometimes we are coming into therapy in a dark space you're in a dark place and you're like i just know where i want to be but i don't know how to get there a therapist can help you guide you through those dark spaces so you can see the light that's right you know and i like to add to that you know people oftentimes have this thing that they they say that if you're going to therapy, you're crazy. Mm. But I like to challenge that because in order to, to know that you need therapy, you must first realize there, there is a problem yeah. that you want to address. So if you are living your life in a, in a chaotic way that it's all over the place and you're in a lot of pain and frustration and you don't see yourself as needing any help with that, maybe you don't. But for someone who sees that their life is not operating in the way they would like it to operate and they want some new perspective and ideas, that is very sane. So I argue, in general, the people who come to therapy are not crazy at all. They just realize there's a problem mm -hmm. and they want to try to fix it. That's right. It's like in recovery. First step, admitting that we become powerless over our addiction, admitting that we even have a problem. So you cannot fix something until you admit that there is a problem. For those people who believe that they're okay and nothing's wrong, they're going to continue along that road. Exactly. Because they don't have that awareness that they have a problem. And it might be causing all kinds of problems, all kinds of costs for them, but they will not stop and see mm -hmm. how it's affecting them. And so they'll keep going through that same storyline over and over and over again and you just look at it and, and they'll they'll go to their friends and their family and keep going through the same thing they might even hit rock bottom but still won't stop self-care set boundaries understand their own values and beliefs and get the help they need so they can be the best versions of themselves you know okay. I, I think part of that is also believing in yourself and knowing that when you do seek help it's not a deformation of character, but it's a uplifting of your potential mm -hmm. and what you can become. So it's not to hurt you or make you look bad. Because a lot of us, our, our folks, oh, my God, no, I ain't crazy. I ain't crazy. <laughs> but now we therapies to help lift you up so you can be the best version of yourself. Yes. Yeah. So that thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Got anything else you want to share? No, that's all. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, I think we did. I want to thank you for being here today. I want to thank y'all for listening in again. And I hope you've got a lot out of these last three episodes. We've been talking about self-care. We've been talking about boundaries. We've been talking about self-care and boundaries and how to maintain them. At the end of the day, being honest and true about who you are mm -hmm. so you can be the best version of yourself. Thank you and tune in to our next episode.